Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Whether you are a longtime member or worshiping with us for the very first time, we're glad you are here. Whether you are in our sanctuary or you are joining us from the comfort of your home, we welcome you here today. It is a joy to be worshiping alongside you. I'm going to remind those of you who are with us in the sanctuary for the first time that whoever is leading worship at any given point will remove their mask to speak. I will do that, as will Pastor Alex and our pastoral intern, Molly Ramsey. But as soon as we're done with our portion, we will put it back on for the safety of all who are gathered here and for the safety of our larger community. So we ask you to please keep your mask on, fully covering both your nose and your mouth throughout your whole time here. I want to invite you, if you have not already heard, this evening at 5 o'clock outside, we are having a communion service. Uh, communion is not something we have been able to celebrate together very often, but this evening we are going to do that outside. It promises to be a beautiful evening at 5 o'clock. Bring a lawn chair, bring a mask. We will ask you to wear those even outside this evening, but we hope you will join us again at 5 o'clock right out in our parking lot. Friends, today we continue our journey into Scripture, exploring the unexpectedness of God. God is always at work in unexpected ways, through unexpected people and unexpected circumstances, often pushing the boundaries of what we've come to expect in the world. And so as we continue to journey as God's people through an unexpected season, let us open our hearts to the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Let us worship God together. Friends, please turn to your bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to the Lord. Sing praises to the Lord. Tell of the Lord's wonderful works. Glory in God's holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let us worship God together. We are people born of the Spirit, and we have made promises to be Christ's faithful disciples and to show God's love. While we repeatedly fall short of these promises, it is God's faithful love that is perfect and endures forever. Confident of God's grace, let us confess our sin together. Merciful God, we confess that we fear the rush of your spirit. We confess that the unpredictability of your spirit gives us pause. We confess that too often, we prefer to take matters into our own hands because of what your spirit might call us to do or to be or to say. Forgive us, O oh God, for your spirit has the power to bring comfort when nothing else can. Your spirit has the power to intercede in ways we cannot imagine. Help us to let down our barriers to your spirit Guide us to live with joy, abandon, and faithfulness. Silence in us our desire to always have words for every occasion, for more often than not, the whisper of your spirit 
is more than enough. Hear the good news of God's love for us. Whether it is in a rush of wind or the quiet whisper of the Spirit, God will say again and again, You are my beloved. Nothing you could ever do will separate you from my love. And so, friends, let us rest in the assurance of God's love and proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. We have a couple of young friends with us today, which I'm thrilled about, and I'm glad you're up front, but I'm going to ask you to stay with your grandparents for now. And I also have plenty of people who are young and young at heart joining us from home today as well. So I am really glad you all are here, and really glad all of you are here as well. I want to share something with you that a little girl made for me years ago at a church where I was the pastor. And it's hard to see, but up top it says, Dear God. And at the bottom it says, Amen. And I'm going to ask you two, what do you see in the middle? Hmm? A bunch of scribbles, right? I think you're right. A bunch of scribbles. And... That's what I saw, too. And so I asked that little girl, I said, well, you wrote, Dear God, and you wrote, Amen. What do the scribbles mean? And you know what? She didn't tell me. But she did say, God knows what they mean. And I almost asked her to come preach next Sunday because, you know, that was pretty fitting. God knows what they mean. And that was a huge reminder to me that there are all kinds of ways to pray. We think sometimes the only way that we can pray and that God will hear us is through our words. But this was a reminder that God even knows what was in these scribbles. God knows what's in our tears. God knows what's in our anger or when we're frustrated or when we're so excited. God knows what's in all of these things because they're all a form of prayer. They're all a way that we can lift up whatever is happening in our life to God. And so even though I didn't know what she had drawn here, God knew what it was all about. And this was a prayer that she lifted up to God and a reminder that we can lift up all kinds of prayers to God and God will hear all of them. So we're going to offer a prayer together today with everyone. And then at the end, do you all remember the breath prayer we've done before? Spirit in, self out. I see a thumbs up. Great. Um, for those of you who have never done that with us, it's very easy. We pray spirit in as we breathe in. Spirit or self out as we breathe out. And so that's how we're going to end our prayer. And then we're going to end our prayer even more with a little silence. 
reminded that God hears the words we say, God hears the calls we give to the Spirit, and God hears even the very breaths we have that might be prayers themselves. God hears all of those too. So please join me. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that you hear all kinds of prayers. Hear our prayers today, however they come. Spirit in, self out. Spirit in, self out. Amen. Friends, whether it is through scribbles or words or breath, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the hearing of Scripture with prayer. Let us pray. Spirit, of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our scripture passage comes from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 22 through 27. Listen for the word of the Lord. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for... We do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together again. God of creation, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, 
O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Years ago, a pastor named Fred Craddock and his wife lived in a little town called Kingfisher, Oklahoma. That little town had a weekly paper, and that weekly paper had a weekly article that, as Craddock writes, was our only reason for reading that weekly paper. It was an article by an Arapaho Native American woman who called herself Molly Shepard. We read it, Craddock said, because in her delightfully broken English, she told of tribal customs, of songs, of funerals, giveaways, prizes for those who came the farthest to a funeral. It was interesting, it was entertaining, it was educational. We always enjoyed it. One article, however, was very brief. I'll never forget it, Craddock writes. It was the afternoon paper on Friday following the assassination of President Kennedy. And in the article, Molly Shepard wrote, Molly has no words for you today. Molly has nothing to write today. Molly has no words today. It was an ache too deep for words. A friend and I spoke earlier this week on the phone. She's also a Presbyterian pastor. She told me she'd gone to meet her parishioner in the parking lot of the hospital where his wife was having emergency surgery. He couldn't be inside because of all the precautions at the hospital. And I didn't see him at first, she said, but I happened to spot his car on the end of one of the rows in the lot. And then I spotted him. He was practically lying on the curb next to his car, just sobbing. He told me he'd never felt so helpless in his entire life. And my friend considered talking about God's presence or offering a word of comfort, but between his heaving sobs and his tears that filled the gutter, all the words in the world seemed inadequate. It was a helplessness too deep for words. Sometimes, friends, the words don't come. There's too much darkness or pain or ache or heartbreak or uncertainty, too much hopelessness or helplessness or fear or injustice. Frankly, in my experience, it's not just that the words won't come. Sometimes the words shouldn't come. Sometimes there are no words under the sun that can speak to the tragedy we experience or the darkness that we see out in the world. A theology professor of mine years ago shared with our class about the death of his young daughter. It had been 15 years since she died, but he described the day in detail as if it had just happened. And after he shared this tragic story with a group of wide-eyed, brand-new seminary students, he turned to each of us and said, One day, one day when you are serving in a church and your phone rings, 
and on the other end of the call is a tragedy like this one. Well, you cancel the session meeting, and you tell the trustees it will have to wait. You get to the hospital, and you keep your mouth shut. And I don't think it was his way of telling us that a pastor or really a Christian should have nothing to say in moments of great tragedy, but I do think it was his way of telling us that sometimes words can do more harm than good. Sometimes there is darkness or pain or tragedy so deep that words will do nothing but fill the air with unnecessary, unhelpful platitudes or at their worst cause more pain. Sometimes there are no words. Sometimes there should be no words. The Apostle Paul seems to know something about that pain, that ache. Paul describes that depth of darkness, that aching helplessness, that terrifying space as being a place of groaning. All of creation, in fact, according to Paul, all of creation groaning in labor pains as it endures the darkness and sinfulness of this life. All of creation groaning, groaning in pain. And I don't know about you, friends, but I hear that groaning just about everywhere right now. As I have looked around our world, even this week, it all feels too heavy to hold. The West Coast is burning. A hurricane has left a path of destruction in its wake. The death toll continues to rise from COVID-19. The country has lost an icon on the Supreme Court. The political arena in our country becomes more divisive by the day. Schools are scrambling to feed the most vulnerable children in their communities. People we love are still being diagnosed with cancer and life-changing illness. People we care about are still struggling with addiction and mental illness. Parents are navigating impossible choices between work and childcare, safety and necessity. We can't gather for funerals the way we need to. We can't even be with those in the hospital or in rehab centers or while they're getting chemo. We are lonely. We're overworked. We're exhausted by our own worlds, much less the world. As an older friend of mine said to me earlier this week, this just isn't how I ever imagined the final years of my life would be. It's all too deep for words. And that's okay. I'm going to say that again. It is okay to not have words sometimes. It's okay to choose not to offer words sometimes because the Apostle Paul reminds us that the Spirit, the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness. Whether that be a weakness feeling we have nothing to say in the midst of such groaning in creation or a weakness in thinking we should speak when we shouldn't, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not always know how to pray as we ought. We do not always know, friends, how to pray with our heaving sobs. 
or our groans with creation or with our silence or with our presence rather than with our petitions. We don't trust always that God will get the memo if it doesn't come to God in eloquent prayers. We often don't trust that our friend will be comforted if we don't say the things you're supposed to say when actually nothing we could say will help at all. We don't always know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit, that very spirit of God intercedes with sighs too deep for words. The spirit intercedes on our behalf. The spirit holds all that we carry, all that we cannot even begin to name when we have nothing but sobs, when we're so scared we can't even put a sentence together, when the ache of the world is like an elephant on our chest, when we want to comfort a shattered heart but we know that nothing we have to say will make a difference at all, the Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. It is one of the greatest gifts we have from God, a spirit who will intercede on our behalf, taking all that is heavy in this world to the heart of God and reminding us that our heaving sobs on the curb are prayer enough. That our willingness and our wisdom to name, I have no words for you today, is prayer enough. That our groaning for an aching world is prayer enough. That our weeping and wailing on behalf of a shattered heart is prayer enough. That our presence and perhaps especially our silence. Sitting alongside a friend walking through hell is prayer enough. Because the Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep. For words, those groans, those wails, those sobs, they are the sounds of prayer. On behalf of a groaning world, a world desperately hoping and praying that despite darkness, a light can shine. Because you see, the gift of the Christian faith is that we don't have to pretend things aren't bad. We don't have to pretend that the groaning isn't there or that the pains of the world are not as bad as they seem. No, as Nadia Boltz-Weber puts it, the Christian faith is not a faith that produces optimism. I would add the Christian faith is not a faith where we have to produce optimism with our words or should produce optimism amidst all that is most dark. No, instead, she writes, the Christian faith is a faith that produces a defiant hope that God is still writing the story and that despite darkness a light shines that despite every disappointing thing we've ever done or ever endured there is no hell from which resurrection is impossible That despite the groaning of creation all around us, the Spirit of God has, is, and always will be interceding with sighs too deep for words.
Because from all the groans of creation, friends, we believe God can still birth something beautiful and new. So no, friends, you don't need words today or tomorrow. Let the Spirit do what she does best. Friends, trusting in the Spirit and relying on words given to us by our confessions, even when we do not have words to say ourselves. Let us turn to our bulletin and join together as we affirm our faith, using the words of the brief statement of faith as it is stated in your bulletin. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life, The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us in the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people's long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. For those of you who have been joining us online for worship, this opportunity to pause for prayer in your bulletin will be familiar. For those of you who haven't been worshiping with us online during this season, this may feel a bit new. For the next few minutes, we are going to sit in God's presence and take some time for reflection and meditation. We're going to ask, we're not going to ask that you talk with your neighbor here in the sanctuary, but you are welcome to in the comfort of your home. But we're asking that you either sit with these three questions in your bulletin and reflect on them as a response to the word read and proclaimed today, or simply sit quietly as Mark plays and reflect on the words of the hymn that are also printed in your bulletin. Because we cannot yet sing safely together and because we are a congregation worshiping worshiping in the sanctuary and from the comfort of our homes, 
This is an opportunity for us to be connected by God's presence in this place and in all the places where we are worshiping today. It is a time set aside, time to rest in the gift of God's Sabbath, time to reflect on the goodness and grace of our God. So friends, for the next few minutes, let us open our hearts and our minds to the gift of God's presence. Let us pray. Sweep into our space, Spirit. Dwell with us wherever we might be. We are listening for you in our lives, whether in a whisper, a groan, a longing, or a shout. Remove those things which block us from seeing our neighbors as your beloved children. Soften that which might keep us from hearing your voice. Intercede for us with sighs too deep for words. Whether we come to this time with exuberance or exhaustion, we come acknowledging that there is plenty for which to pray. There is indeed an ache too deep for words, and it can be overwhelming. As our screens are filled with images of destruction, of Hurricane Sally, and the wildfires rampant in the western U.S., we ask for comfort and for restoration for those affected. As our screens and lives are filled with news of COVID-19, we seek healing. We pray for protection over the first responders who put their own lives at risk to care for the other.
As our screens fill with images of hate, as racism, sexism, ableism, and more are named and unmasked in our country and in our world, we long and search for your justice. As our screens and lives fill with news of crimes carried out against your beloved children, with grief and gratitude for those who've dedicated their lives to something larger than themselves, with news and debates about the upcoming elections, we seek courage, O oh God. These are just a few of our requests, those events of our time which lay heavy on our hearts. We bring them to you, trusting that you know them all and more. And there are, of course, also the longings, troubles, and joys of our daily lives. For loved ones who are suffering, for those we know who are in need of healing and care, for parents who are now teachers, for students who miss their friends and their communities, for those who face financial hardship, and for those who are just plain tired. Hear now, Spirit, in the silence, our deepest groans. Holy God, you are closer to us than our own breath, nearer to us than our hands and feet. Dwell with us wherever we might be. Soften the noise which keeps us from hearing your voice. Dampen the sounds which keep us from hearing your truth. That nothing, that nothing can separate us from your love in Jesus Christ the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we remind you that if you're seated in the sanctuary, please remain seated until an usher escorts you out. You'll be leaving by one of these two side exits. Friends, sometimes there are no words for the aches and the heartbreak of this world. And that's okay. So may we go out into this world with the courage to open our hearts to the Spirit who will intercede always, always, and always with sighs too deep for words. As you go, my friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love.
this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.